This is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Many countries around the world have been hit hard by COVID-19, and Italy has been near the top of the list for quite a while. In a penetrating article, an Italian journalist makes an interesting argument that the fundamental failure in Italy was not a lack of testing or slow political action, but rather a social and collective failure. Namely, he says, people just did not take the coronavirus coronavirus seriously enough to change their habits. It's a brave argument. It would have been much easier for him to blame the government or some other agency, but instead he blamed the victims. What this journalist saw and what he could not repress was the radical failure on the part of the public to accept the possibility of a terrible outcome until it was actually too late. He said, I and many other Italians just did not see the need to change our habits and our routines for a threat we could not see. So he knew about the virus but he refused to make any personal changes. But this is not a new phenomenon, folks. The same denial and lack of accountability is seen from Genesis chapter 3 all the way to the present day. People know about sin, but refuse to make any personal changes to deal with it. People shift the blame to someone else. People reject the truth. People refuse to believe that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. People disagree with the Bible, which says the wages of sin is death. But Jesus went to the cross to secure our freedom, to pay the penalty for our sins, and offer his life for ours. He made an extravagant sacrifice for us and took upon himself our sins. Please take your Bible or your Bible app And turn to Luke chapter 23. I'm going to start reading at Luke 23 verse 32. We're going to read a fairly lengthy portion. So follow along if you can. On the day that Jesus died. The Bible tells this story. Two other men. Both criminals. Were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the skull. They crucified him there. Along with the other criminals one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, he saved others. Let him save himself if he is God's Messiah, the chosen one. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was written a notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God, he said, since you are under the same sentence? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. 
Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. So Jesus died between these two outlaws. Companions in crime, these robbers had been, had been arrested at the same time. They had pillaged and plundered together. And so far as we know, they were arrested at the same time. Together they stood trial. Together they were condemned. Together they walked to the place of execution. And now together they are dying. On the surface, there seems little difference between them, but yet they are as far apart as the spaces are between the planets. We have all kinds of categories for people. We say that people are German or Canadian or French or Italian or Romanian or Chinese. We, we say that people are funny or serious. They're caring or unfeeling. They're greedy or charitable. Short, tall, thin, fat. We have all kinds of classifications for people, all kinds of categories. But at the cross on the day that Jesus died, there were only two, only two classifications that count for all of eternity, those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and those who don't. And the Bible says that the people who do not believe in Jesus are eventually excluded from heaven. They're excluded from heaven. The criminal who said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom, was included in the citizenship of heaven by virtue of his faith. But the other criminal, the guy who hurled insults at Jesus in a most sarcastic tone, died in his sin and was excluded from heaven by virtue of his unbelief. To the one who exercised saving faith, Jesus said, Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus made an extravagant sacrifice so that men and women like this criminal, like you and me, could be saved and have a home in heaven. John chapter 3 verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Jesus made this extravagant sacrifice so that we would not be excluded from heaven. He makes a place for us in heaven. And yes, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So don't be excluded from heaven. Don't be disqualified by your unbelief. Welcome the gift of salvation. Receive the gift of salvation by placing your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible also says that people who don't believe in Jesus are actually isolated from hope. Excluded from heaven and isolated from hope. That's a terrible place to be. And it seems like only yesterday that's where I lived. It seems like only yesterday, that was my address. Excluded from heaven and isolated from hope. Every person is in that spot before they trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the scripture is clear that faith in Jesus 
brings hope into our lives. It's, it's hope that is living and everlasting, and it's based on the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just have a look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So by the grace and mercy of God, we are born again to a living hope when we place our trust and confidence in Jesus. But on the other side, on the other side of, of unbelief, it, it, looks, it looks much different and it feels much different and the end result is much different. I found a statement that was actually penned by the Minnesota Crime Commission some years ago. State of Minnesota had uh, a, a commission, a statewide commission that was working on crime in the state. And this is one of the parts of their report. This is an actual statement from the Minnesota Crime Commission. Listen, every baby starts life as a little savage. <laughs> He's completely selfish and self-centered. He wants what he wants when he wants it his bottle, his mother's attention, his playmate's toy, his uncle's watch. Deny him these once, and he seethes with rage and aggressiveness, which would be murderous were he not so helpless. He's dirty, he has no morals, no knowledge, no skills. This means that all children, not just certain children, but all children are born delinquent. If permitted to continue in the self-centered world of his infancy, given free reign to his impulsive actions to satisfy his wants, every child would grow up a criminal, a thief, a killer, or a rapist. Oh my goodness, that sounds absolutely hopeless, doesn't it? Downright desperate, if you ask me. Don't talk that way about my grandchildren. <laughs> it is desperate. It's absolutely desperate. Because... Life without Jesus is hopeless. If Jesus does not intervene in our lives by His grace, we are lost. We're lost now and forever. But the Bible says that Jesus made a, a drastic, radical, extravagant sacrifice so that we could be rescued from all of the brokenness around us and he could become the hope of the world. This selfless sacrifice of Jesus is our ticket to freedom. Now so far we've said that without saving faith in Jesus Christ, people are, are excluded from heaven and they're isolated from hope and last but not least, they are headed for hell. I know hell is not a very popular topic today. Preachers cannot win friends and influence people by talking about hell. Not a very popular topic. Modern people like us aren't supposed to be believing in such irrelevant myths as hell. And so in their attempt to soften the harsh reality of a place called hell, Many people distort the biblical teaching on this important topic. And Jesus believed in hell. He, he cautioned us when he said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, 
Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Jesus believed in hell. So do I. So should you. On the Black Friday that we, we call Good Friday, two criminals were executed along with Jesus. The one mocked him, scorned him from the cross, and died in his sin. And he was excluded from heaven and isolated from hope and, and headed for hell. The other man said to Jesus in verse 42, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. See, we place people in all kinds of categories according to their nationality or their disposition or their size or their race. We have all kinds of classifications, but on the day that Jesus died, there were only two. And there still are only two as far as eternity is concerned. He sees two kinds of people. He sees people who, who trust in him and believe in him and follow him and are obedient to him and those who spurn him and reject him and don't believe in the gospel. In which group do you belong this morning? Are you in the group that believes in Jesus? Are you in that category? You, you trust the Lord? You are saved by grace? Or are you in the other group? that has not yet come to faith in Christ. You're, you've spurned him. You've, you've, you've chosen not to believe or trust in Jesus. Where are you? What, what category, what classification are you today? The Bible says clearly that there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The Bible also says in Romans chapter 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Friends, there is a Redeemer. There is a Savior. There is one who could rescue us from our brokenness, and his name is Jesus. But we, we need to trust in him. We need to believe him. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But just knowing that is not enough. We have to respond to this good news in faith. God sacrificed his only son so that we could walk in forgiveness and hope and joy. And for that reason, I say that that, that um, extravagant sacrifice also produces extravagant blessings. Because of Jesus' extravagant sacrifice, we get to enjoy salvation and hope and peace forever. And he offers all of that to us as a gift. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 say, By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Salvation is a gift from God that we receive by faith. Your faith is what activates the grace of God in your life. 
it, it, it opens up the door for you to receive the grace of God when you place your faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. In a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray and receive the King of Kings into your life, to, to, to place your trust and your confidence in Jesus. God loves you, and he wants you to experience new life and eternal life and hope and joy. Sin breaks our fellowship with God. So God sent his only son, Jesus, into the world so that Jesus might live a perfect life and die a perfect death and then on the third day be raised from the dead to the glory of God. Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave. He paid the penalty for your sin and mine. And now he sits at the right hand of God the Father praying for us. And in this very hour, right now, wherever you're watching or listening to this message, you too can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. He's the one who bridges this tremendous chasm between a holy God and sinful people. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. When you trust in Him, you come over to the other side. You begin to have a fellowship, a relationship with God the Father. One of the songs that we love to sing here at the gathering asks the question, Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin, Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, my friend, why don't you come today? Come to Jesus Trust in Jesus, believe in Jesus, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Turn from your sins and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation. So, would you pray with me now, please? Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I'm separated from you. I'm separated from God the Father because of my sinfulness. And I recognize that. I understand that better today than I have before. And I come to you, Lord, in repentance, turning away from my sin and trusting in you alone for my eternal salvation. Lord Jesus, I receive you right now as the King of kings and Lord of lords, as my Savior, my Redeemer, a friend of sinners. Please forgive me for my sin. Enter my life. Make me the kind of person you want me to be. Lord, I lay down my life at your feet. Thank you for the extravagant sacrifice you made on my behalf. I trust in you and your finished work on the cross, receiving you this moment as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, why don't you shoot us an email or give us a phone call and let us know. My name's Garth Lino. I'm the senior pastor here at The Gathering. You can send me an email. Uh, just address it to garth at thegatheringwindsor.com and I'll, I'll be glad to correspond with you and give you some more information about your new life in Christ. Thanks for joining us today. Hopefully you'll uh, tune in again on Easter Sunday, 10 o'clock in the morning. We hope to see you then. Grace and peace to you. Amen.